Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Cheers. (laughs) We got our drinks. We're ready. Okay, so today we're going to talk about relationships and the struggle possibly there could be on having a relationship with somebody who has had abuse in their background. Yeah. Not always make it difficult to love. The difficult not always say it again. We're not always the easiest to love. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Would you like yes, to share we, something? Would you like to just, share something with people? We just said that on camera. <laughs> so why would we be difficult to love? Well, because our trust has been broken. And with many, it's been broken with their family or close family friends, not complete strangers. With complete strangers, Yes, trust has been broken with the world being safe. With family, it's a huge betrayal. True. And because of that, going forward in our relationships, we're kind of, let me get my water, kind of holding on to it tightly instead of, would you like a drink? Yeah. We're not doing that. Protection mode, big time. Don't want to get hurt again. It stinks. Mm -hmm. I agree. It stinks. I agree with that too. (laughs) (laughs) We protect, that stinks, and being abused, that stinks. And then how we respond, it usually stinks too. But we would like to have relationships with people. We'd like to have girlfriends and guy friends and all of that. We we do desire that, but it's different to desire something than it actually engage and do the work and make those friendships with an open hand instead of not so much, not sharing so much of themselves. I think when you've been abused, it takes a lot more effort to hold relationships and then be good. My opinion, I think it just takes a little more effort because of that protective mode, you know, that we've grown up in, or even if it was recent, and where you're at now, that protective mode can sometimes be a stumbling block. It can be for you and them, but also for them towards you when they find that maybe you're going through, it seems like there are seasons that you're working through your abuse possibly, and Mm -hmm. you can have a season where you're going a little bit silent because you're processing, you're working things through, or a depression, mm. or having high anxiety. This is hard for other people who are trying to love you, and yet you're having these issues pop up, even to the point where all of a sudden I reach out to you, Renee, to hug you, and you pull away. Well, for a lot of people, that would be very hurtful. Yeah. But for those who have been sexually abused, it's pretty common that you ask permission first before I reach out and hug you. True. 
And I could say it as smooth and nonchalantly as, is it okay if I hug you right now, Renee? Now, you're a hugger yeah. for those who know you now, but I don't know how you were in your earlier years. I was pretty withdrawn, pretty isolated. To the point of didn't want nobody even knowing what my size was, you know, is thin as a bean. So I was wearing double, double layers of clothes. You know, I was, I was hidden. I tried to just kind of hide myself and kind of was just that loner in groups. Mm -hmm. I only had a couple girlfriends. And even though those were sometimes difficult because <laughs> we always didn't always agree on things, but yeah, I was probably a little bit harder to love and harder to, what's the word? I wasn't the hugger lot I am today. <laughs> Bring the bus back around, Renee. Yeah. I'm not as affectionate as I am today. I wasn't as affectionate then as I am today. Got it. I'm a big time giver of hugs. I'm a big time receiver you are. as well, but I wasn't always that way for sure. And you reach out more. I can't imagine you in your early days when you were struggling with so much and reaching out to others, asking them how, what's going on with you or how are you doing that type of thing. I know for myself, I did not reach out much because I could barely manage myself. Yeah, I did reach out. I was kind of told I was like a Ann Landers back then, you know, oh, we can come to you and talk about you. Well, that was a great way of avoiding my own stuff. Oh, so you used it to avoid. You know, so I dealt with my stuff privately, but with friends and stuff, I'd rather be there and help them in their stuff than deal with my stuff. If, you know, at that time, it, it was, I was protecting, protection mode still. Makes sense. It was easier to go that route. <laughs> Plus they would feel valued and listened to. It would just, wouldn't be too long before they would realize you're not sharing anything on your side. Yeah. Yeah. True. Sometimes those who have been abused are hard to have a relationship with because they just need their space sometimes more than others. Or they need a listening ear when that, like I said, when they can go through a season and they just need a listening ear. And sometimes the words are few, but they're just needing somebody with them. Not to fix it. Just to Not listen. to fix it. Just yep. listening. My husband, I think I drive him nuts sometimes in the early years. And now he's used to it. We could be sitting down and we could start watching a uh, old rerun. He loves watching old TV show, like Barry, Barry RFD, Andy Griffith show, that type of thing. And it's playing. And then I'll say something and he puts it on pause. So did you mean this or that? This. He puts it on again. Then I'll put it on pause. So are you saying, <laughs> so the whole, the whole show is just, it's a filler while we're both processing a subject that's happening, but it works for us. I'm sure with other people, it would drive them yeah. nuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> Just get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know John is saying this old TV show many times and I'm not really interested in it. It's just a format that works for us that doesn't push for the engagement to happen quickly. 
Yeah. So it works and that's the way we are able to listen to each other with patience yeah. sometimes. Other times we don't need anything like that, but it's funny how all of a sudden, and then we never end up watching the rest of the show. It was just uh, <laughs> something to get it going. Uh, distraction, sometimes being out with friends and engaging with them can be a distraction, but we may still be in a funk. And so while we're having this distraction while being with the friends, the friends are wondering, it seems like you're off off and you're going yeah but i want to be in this moment right now i'm trying to get out of my funk i'm trying and that could be um confusing for those who are trying to be our you know our friends yeah. Yeah. thinking well shouldn't you it's like no i've i've already processed as enough as i can now i need to go and let my mind rest mm -hmm. on that yeah and that and distraction point i throw in there for, for me, sometimes it would be a funny movie. There I would, I would, I would ask Eddie tonight, can we watch just a funny movie? I, I just need something funny. I don't want something serious. I don't want whatever. Just give me something funny so I can just laugh. I just need a laugh, you know? And sometimes that's something we can't stir up on our own. And so. Right. Need to reach out, ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes with relationships, we could take somebody's look and interpret it completely wrong. No, yes. Yeah. Those yeah. who haven't been uh, abused can do the same thing, but it seems like we do it a lot more often than they do. And it doesn't have to be somebody we know. And all of a right. sudden we our, our mind is spinning hundred miles an hour to go into that protective mode that wants to kick in to protect mm -hmm. us from this way that someone looked and it's when we say protect we're not just talking about protecting ourselves we're talking about protecting our feelings our emotions running wild uh protecting our children whatever mm -hmm. it is we can go into that mode so quickly and for those who don't understand for friends without patience it can be very irritating and then they may just be like, this is just too much. Yeah. I've heard people saying that to me, that they've lost friends because they were told they were too much. They just had to protect the way they were protecting at the time frame they were at in their healing process, you know? And so, yes, when we've been abused, we can, I used to explain it as when you've been abused, you end up getting these pair of glasses, but when you wear them, they're all broken. They're all in. <laughs> and when you look at the world and look at other people, you're looking through that experience and you're looking through that lens and you're looking through those emotions and you look at the world and people around you and those that are kind, those that are trustworthy, you still see them skewed at the beginning until absolutely till God does the work in you. And that's how I was even with my husband how it was with a lot of people around me even men especially but how it was even when I was first married you know for years it was I blamed Eddie for everything that went down in my house to I lost something can't find the keys well he must have moved them there's a pen ink in my pocket he must have put you know he must have planted it there I mean it's weird 
things of distrust until I matured, healed more, learned that my husband has proven himself as trustworthy. And why would, why do I continue to think these ways? You know, so there was work that had to be done and even how to trust my husband. And there's still work. I'm saying I haven't arrived yet that there are still times when I don't want to be touched. There are times when a fear comes when that hug is going to lead to something else that I don't want it to lead to, you know, touch is a difficult thing for me still at times. So not all there yet, but since we're on that relationship subject, I <laughs> figured I'd bring that up. Well, I had an issue with Eddie when I first met him. I went to school and that's how I met Eddie and Renee. Pastoral classes. Right. Yeah. And so when I met Eddie, he right off the bat, right at the, we would talk side on the sidebar of class in, um, what was that old program they used to have? Yahoo. There you go. We talked on Yahoo, but the class was not in Yahoo. So we had a conversation like going on. or something. Blackboard. Yeah, it was something. We had the conversation going on the side. Well, every time we finished up for the evening, he would say, love you, see you next week. And it'd be like, uh, here's this guy in Chicago that's telling me and we're both Christians and we're both married and I know Renee for I met her by waving and she would wave in the background hello Annette and all this stuff and he would even type that when you were in the room and I'm right. thinking I'm uncomfortable with him saying that what's with this guy type <laughs> thing and so I tell my husband and he goes it's probably just the culture he's in and he's a brother mm -hmm. in the lord and he loves you and he's telling you that he's not telling you he loves you if he was going to do something like that he probably wouldn't do it publicly like this i said well i just feel like when somebody says they love you usually you respond back i love you too i love you mm -hmm. more all these i love you things well i wasn't responding back anything because <laughs> i wasn't trusting this Eddie that I had just met in this class. Yeah. I think it was six months in where I finally got comfortable enough to say, Eddie, stay afterwards. He stayed afterwards. And I said, do you realize every time you say goodbye to me and stuff like that, you tell me you love me? Yeah, I do. I love you. You're mm -hmm. a great sister in Christ. And I said, I am so uncomfortable mm -hmm. with you saying that. And he goes, well, I won't say it anymore. If it bothers you that much, and I said, it's not that. I just feel bad. I'm not telling you. I don't love you back. I said, we're good enough friends now that I could tell you that I'm uncomfortable not telling you. He goes, you don't have to tell me that. I know mm -hmm. you love me. You've proved it to me in so many different ways. You're one of my buddies. And it was like, <sighs> you're one of his besties. <laughs> So it was just one of those struggle. It took me probably a year, maybe. And finally I was telling him when he said he loved me, he'd see me next week or I love you. I'm going to call you on Thursday night so we can go through studies, whatever together. Uh, I was okay with it. And I could actually respond back. No, love you more. Things like that. And I know it's different for different people, but I know it came from my past. It yeah. came from distrust eddie wanted me to trust him like that i tried 
and I couldn't. And sometimes people don't recognize that. Yes. You know, I got an eye opener one time when I met some kids in the neighborhood and, you know, I was outside, they stopped their bikes and um, they were just playing. And I walked up to them and then, whoa, mom just kind of hurried over. Hey, what's going on? I was like, dang, there's actually somebody that don't trust. (laughs) But it was a good eye opener because I just always thought everybody trusts. And it opened my eyes to kind of how I respond and how I protect and all of that. And mom was responding properly of protecting her kids from strangers. There's this adult walking up to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Good mom. But it was a nice eye opener to how do we react in protectiveness in relationships, you know? Good point. Well, it's been a walk journey as we walk through and God takes each part. Like I said, it took time to be able to build a trusting relationship with Eddie and the trust came faster, but the words came slower. If that makes sense to respond back to him and use those words towards him. It took that kind of time with my husband as well. John was just instant it seemed like, and I wasn't instantly friends with him the way he was instantly friends with me. Yeah. I just, God is good. And he's definitely brought us through a journey, but I could see where it's been tough for people to actually call us friends or get in a relationship with us over the years. And so my encourage those who are trying to reach out and have friends and build those trusting relationships, keep going, keep trying. I got to tell you, some people are still not going to be good friends. You're going to have true ones and you're going to have ones. More acquaintances. Acquaintances, but there still could be somebody out there that's going to hurt you, but that shouldn't burn the bridge for everybody as well as for those who are trying to love on those who have been sexually abused in their life, please be patient. When you have a moment and you could see that they're open for receiving, speak to them about, I don't know how to love you when you're like blank. That's huge. Can you please tell me what would be helpful during that time? And that person may not even realize they are blank whatever that blank correct when I went through silent modes I didn't realize I was going through a silent time and John would be the one who would bring it up Mm. and I'm going no I'm talking I'm doing he goes no you're not you're functioning but you're not in conversations anymore you're not talking unless you have to talk you're going silent and when you go silent you try to it, it eventually tries to head toward depression. And I love that John would bring that up to me so that this way I could start putting the gas on more towards let's find out and at what's going on in your heart that you're going silent. Let's process through this out. Let's talk with God. Let's get this going. Mm-hmm. That right there. That's just, you could capture that and put that in a whole nother message. Just that piece right now walking about that, talking about that bridge, talking about that silence. Well, people with their relationships with 
people that are abused, they could be that bridge to God. Yeah. They could be that bridge to help us to be aware because a lot of times we are not aware. You weren't aware when you were blaming Eddie for no, yeah. losing the keys, letting a pin go through your pocket in the wash. <laughs> yeah, the, the joke was, well, it must have been because we had two little boys at the time. It was like, must have been her sister, <laughs> you know? But it was a joke between him and I. It must have been their sister. But in my head, it was, well, it had to be you, Eddie. You're the only older one that can do that. So it was just kind of a little warped. <laughs> warped it's a good way to look warped. at it i had to get through some re i had to get to reality I that's guess right we need to get out of thank that stinking thinking yeah yeah mm. well thank you for discussing it with me today no problem cheers back at you again <laughs>